0: Hi, and welcome to episode 141 of No Crying in Baseball, the Ding Dong, the Witch is Dead episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend, Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth.
1: Hey there. How are you doing?
0: I'm great. I had a little happy hour on my porch with very good friends today.
1: Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Wait, I could have been there. I was there, wasn't I? You
0: were there. Yeah, Potty Mouth and Mr. Potty Mouth came came over and hung out at the opposite ends of the porch from me and my kid, and we had a lovely time. It's nice seeing you in person.
1: It is, it is we I mean, it would be nice to record that way, but I think the acoustics of outside just would not do yeah. us well. Not unfortunately. So much. Oh, well. but hanging out is definitely a good thing. I just wanted to excuse myself from last week. I'm going to be, I'm going to try to be better this week about citing my sources because I've been getting some help online and I want to give those people credit. And Dr. Donnie Baseball on Twitter, who's Donacha Bolger, and I probably butchered your name. I'm super sorry because you've been so nice to us, gave us that 538 tip last week for the dinos. So I would not have found that without him. Much appreciation. Oh, the other news this week. You know that I'm not a football fan, right? I
0: am aware. Well, you're sort of, I mean, like maybe New England style, like centric football, but not football as a sport, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think... You know, when you're from Boston, it's sort of like all the sports are in there somewhere. And when playoffs happen and they happen to happen often with Boston football or New England football, I guess I should say, that's when sort of that Boston blood kicks in for me. And I got to I got to admit, I have been enjoying the Super Bowl parties when we've been able to throw them. But I am fully ready at this point to say, Tom, who like bye bye. Welcome, um, done. Yeah, welcome to my side of the sofa. <laughs> it's kind of cool to be able to say that, you know. Everybody's there's a lot of Brady hate out there, and I wouldn't, of course, I don't hate anybody, but I'm okay with now being able to accept people's criticisms of Tom Brady because he can go to Florida. I mean, Florida is not a happy place to be right now, but I'm very excited about the Patriots taking on Cam Newton. Yay. looking forward to that as a needed change for Patriots Nation. So. Power to you. I would like to see head injuries not be so much of an issue. So because of that, I'm not going to be a complete fan. But if they make the Super Bowl, I'm having a party, at least, you know, whatever kind of party we can have whatever kind of Super Bowl they may be. I know who the fuck knows what's going to happen with sports these days, right? (laughs) Who knows? And yet we
0: always find things to talk about. I'm going to talk about a thing that makes me so happy. The witch is dead, man. Marge Schott is out. Again, I'm an Ohio girl. I can say this. Uh, Marge Schott was the owner of the Reds during my formative years. She was the second woman to ever own a professional sports team that that she got on her own, not Inheriting the team, so she could have been really somebody for me, but instead she was kind of a racist jerk. And her, you know, she was very generous with all of her money, so her name is all over a lot of things in Cincinnati, including the ballpark at the University of Cincinnati, and also part of the library at the university. We talked a few weeks ago about a move to get that name removed, and the board of the University of Cincinnati just met and unanimously voted to remove Marge Shot's name from the ballpark and the library. So. Hooray. Good work. Happy to hear it.
1: I love it when we see stuff in motion. I think I, t- I feel like I said this last week with something else. When we talk about something and wanting a certain result and then it happens, it's so exciting. So that's kind of that's where we were with this, right?
0: It was. It was. The other nice thing we're going to start with today is um, this This weekend is sort of the observed 100th anniversary 100th anniversary of the Negro Leagues. And because they could not have the gala and the other in-person events that they had been planning for this 100th anniversary, they're doing a Tipping Your Cap event online. So go to tippingyourcap.com and see former presidents and former ballplayers and all sorts of people, possibly even some podcast hosts you know and love, tipping their caps to the Negro Leagues.
1: And our good friend Blake just sent us like 15 pictures from his trip to the to the Negro League Museum. So maybe we need to repost some of those. I didn't look at them yet. I just saw that the text come in with like 15 pictures from Blake. Thank you, Blake. Thanks, Blake. We should go ourselves sometimes when we can be
0: in a car together or a plane (laughs) together or any of those things.
1: Great. I'm ready.
0: On today's show, here comes Major League Baseball, unless it doesn't. We've got... (laughs) information on how the schedule is going to work how the rosters are set up what are the rule changes for this year and what are the protocols well some of them there's a 110 page document we're not going to do all of that we're going to do a little bit of that we're going to get you caught up with international baseball and we're going to do some cross training with professional softball and women's soccer
1: did you say 110
0: 110 page document
1: Didn't you say 67, like a month ago when we started? That was a different document. That was just proposed health
0: protocols. This one has everything, including the schedules, ideas, and the roster, and how that's all those things are going to work. It's got way more in it. And it's also after it has been through the union and the owners and the union and the owners and all of that.
1: I so appreciate you giving me the Cliff Notes version right now.
0: Well, I will admit, I have not read the whole thing, but I've read a lot of things by people who have read the whole thing. So that's what you're going to hear about. That Uh, counts. All right, let's start with the schedule. Can I start by saying, can we not call it summer camp?
1: I That's driving me nuts. And every team is putting out their summer camp roster, whatever the fuck that means. And I'm like, really? I, yeah, yeah, so last year...
0: Camping World sponsored spring training. So when you watch spring training games, you saw commercials from Camping World. Camping World is again sponsoring this training period that's happening in the summer. And I don't know if that's why it's summer camp, but it is. And I, you know, I didn't like spring training 2.0, but I think I like summer camp worse because it just seems like we're going to goof off and we're going to like short sheet beds and make some wars. And that's not what's happening here.
1: And that's not the tone you want to set with these people at this time, for it sure. It is not
0: the tone. Anyway, this this training period begins on July 1st, which is this week. It's happening fast. Wow. Opening day is scheduled for July 23rd. And the rumor is that Garrett Cole versus Max Scherzer, possibly with the Yankees and the Nats meeting for the opening day game of this shortened season at Nats Park. Woohoo. And if you remember last year's World Series, they met a little bit there too. So that's pretty exciting except for fuck the blackouts. still blackouts in place even though you do not have an option to go to the ballpark, there are still blackouts in place. So it's happening miles away from me and I don't know how the heck I'm gonna watch this damn game.
1: That's that's extra ridiculous in this sense because the fans who want to see their team can't see their team.
0: Yeah, you know, pitch clocks are not going to build an audience. Right. Removing the blackouts is going to build the audience for the sport. So I can't tell you about the rest of the schedule in specifics because the final drafts have not come out yet. They've, they've been floated with the union. They all have to kind of approve. Yeah, this is what we want to do. But in general, here's the plan for the schedule. It's a 60 season, a 60 game season in 66 days. There is like, no room for error here, right? What they're going to do is they're going to play regionally. So 40 games for each team will be within their division. So, so you know, the National League East will play National League East teams. You know, the American League West will play American League West teams for 40 of those 60 games. The other, so there'll be like 10 games against each of the other teams in that division. So that's evenly spread. There's 20 other games. Those are going to be the interleague games. So here in the National League East country, we will be playing American League East Teams.
1: The Red Sox. Yay.
0: For instance, also six of those games will be between the made up rivals, the interleague rivals, which aren't necessarily rivals. Like the Nats and the O's aren't really rivals, they're just nearby. So, Mm -hmm. six of those games are going to be between the Nationals and the Orioles. Sorry, O's, it's not going to be pretty, right? The Cubs versus the White Sox. I mean, like the you know, teams that are sort of geographically close that, Yankees you know, te- Mets. the TV makes up, yep, Yankees, Yankees, Mets. So the TV makes up like who these rivalries are. And that's so mm-hmm. six of those games will be that the other games will be divided up among the other teams in, for, in the Interleague
1: division. So for some of them, that's actually fun. I would think Yankees, Mets would be a thing, especially this year with these teams.
0: Sure. If you can watch the game somehow. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So we, we can watch it. <laughs> That'll be right. Fun. We'll see those games. So I hope they'll be fun. So no double headers are on the schedule because they need those for makeup games. Mm-hmm. Because again, there's no room for error, right? Um, one of the many downsides of this compressed season is going to screw those players who will be coming up for arbitration when the season is over. Because you go in strong to your arbitration discussions, your mediations because of the season you just had and you're getting less than half of a season. And the other side the team, you know, the owners are going to say, well, I mean, we saw so little of you, How do we know that would have played out? Can we really extrapolate all the way out through the whole season? So a lot of guys are going to get screwed by this. And I think even the free agents are going to get a little bit screwed by this because they haven't had this season to prove themselves. Although playing the season, that's a a motivator for a lot of guys whose salary next year is going to depend on what they do this year. They may play even though they don't want to because they got to get something on the books. All right, what about the rosters? Who's playing? So each team has a pool of 60 players right? They've got the guys, uh, you know, immediately available. They're calling them the taxi squad. I don't really believe any of them are taking taxis from this other location where they will be hanging out to come to fill in for the guys that are hurt or otherwise need to get sent back down. Cause there is no down really. There's no minor league thing happening in this whole situation. The, the roster, the active roster for the first two weeks will be 30 guys. So 30 guys, active 30 guys and the taxi squad two weeks later it'll be 28 guys on the active roster two weeks after that they'll go back to the 26 the 26 was what they had said for the regular season that was what was agreed upon for this year was the 26 guys initially they were going to limit the number of pitchers when it was going to be a full season when they went to 26 there was going to be a limit on how many of those guys can be pitchers they've suspended that rule for this year and one of the reasons Mm -hmm. is the season is so compressed and the uh, time to warm up formally in a training camp is so short, there are going to be a lot of injuries. There are going to be pitcher injuries from overuse because th- with fewer days off in between, they're getting less rest. The Also, I mean, the other players too are going to have pulled muscles, things that, you you know, that happen at the beginning of the season. I mean, the beginning of the season is most of the season
1: this right. year. So a lot of stuff that you know, where you work the kinks out, you don't have time for that. Well, and not to mention the fucking virus. I mean, this whole thing is actually terrifying because I know that the KBO had a lot of injuries when they started up because of their compressed training. Yep, yep. And and how damaging are those injuries for the long term? I mean, this is, I kind of feel like we're, we're, I, it's playing with fire, you know, and then there's the, the taxi squad sort of cannon fodder issue. Like if your first line is coming down, we're just going to send in the new recruits seems sure. to be the attitude. Sure but we are. God, that sucks.
0: Also, I read one article that said that they may be looking, major league teams may look to independent league players for backup, Ugh. which is, you know, because there's not a minor league system yeah. for this year. So it's very weird about like if you run out, if if you use up all your cannon fodder. Yeah. Like where, like, the example was given, like catchers. That's a really specialized position. If you have three on your sixty guy in your sixty guy pool, it could happen that you lose all three temporarily, or you you know you lose your backup or whatever. So it could, yeah, things are going to happen, man.
1: That is so ugly. But the minor league, they haven't actually said we're cancel. I mean, they haven't said anything yet officially.
0: They haven't said it, but they're talking. There's a sixty you know, person pool. They're not talking about the minor leagues. They have like this taxi squad, so they're not using any language that would lead anybody to believe there's any minor league se- season happening.
1: Yet they're stringing along these guys. I mean, they they're, sure they're are hoping.
0: Fuck, they sure are. Let's talk about the game rules. So there were going to be some rule changes for this season anyway. Some of those are still in place. Some of them are not. And some things are in place because of the weird season. The first one is fuck the DH. So universal <laughs> DH yes. this season, um, which makes sense. See above the injuries, the, all of that. It's uh-huh. fine. I hate it. I hate it. But there you go. My fear is well-founded, that it's never going to go back to the way it was because we'll have done it this year. And then – so, fun fact, I'm, I'm sure you know the answer to this. If the DH is forever universally,
1: who was the last pitcher to to, go, to have an at-bat? Oh, wow. Well, it maybe somebody from the Nats? Uh, uh, I don't somebody know. Somebody from the Nats
0: was the pitcher who was pitching at the time.
1: Oh, okay. So – um so it had to be
0: at a national league park so it was one of the Nats' games in the world series the home team
1: and it had to be a starting pitcher
0: for the astros
1: blah cole yep yep really so so there's there's a (laughs) a push to get that bat
0: of garrett cole's into the hall of fame now because it may very well be the last time a pitcher was at bat so sean doolittle got garrett cole out game five of the world series and that Right now is the last time a pitcher came up to bat. How about that? Fascinating. All right. So the rule that just about everybody hates is that extra innings after the ninth inning, extra half innings will start with a runner on second base. Now, this is not not something new to baseball. It's just new to the major leagues. The minor leagues have used it. Little League uses it, you
1: know, it's used World in other places. World Classic has used it, I believe. Uh, yeah,
0: that's, yes, they have. You're absolutely right. And one, so the guy who comes on, who will be starting on second base will be the person who was at bat prior to the first guy at bat in that inning, right? So the guy who made the last out probably, or, you know, was, was left on base mm-hmm. when the last out was made. But the pitcher, if this guy scores, the pitcher won't be charged for an earned run because he's not the reason that guy's on base. So, you know, he can score a run, but it won't count against the pitcher, nor will it count like as an error for. Yeah, it's like the assumption is they got there by an error, so it doesn't count against the pitcher. But no errors are going to be charged to either team. So it's just there. Scorebooks. The guys there by magic. How do you deal with that in the scorebook? He's there by magic. And one of the reasons they said now they want to do that is to reduce the time in the ballpark because you want to have less time in the ballpark in the time of the virus. So having a guy in second might save you four minutes. I'm just saying. I,
1: like what? After you've yeah. been there for two hours, that yep. makes a difference? Yep. yep. Really? Yep.
0: Well, it does. It, it. I mean, we've been to games that have gone like 12
1: innings. Right. If you have
0: a guy on second, someone's going to score faster and it's going to, you know, so it, it will be faster.
1: Or you could just do it the CPBL and just... End it after 12.
0: Or you could just end it. That's absolutely true. Call it a draw. I'm good with that. So, there was initially going to be a rule about position players pitching, like they could only pitch under extreme circumstances. They said, ah, screw it. We don't care. Go ahead. You can pitch if you want to.
1: Oh, good. Um, That's fun. I like it.
0: So, this next one, I think it's because without fans, there won't be concession stands to earn money off of. They want to avoid long weather delays. You know, right? You know, we go to games that get rained out and we're there for hours before they call the game buying more beer and buying more food and whatever. I think they're going to call games more quickly. And those games will be suspended at that point and then picked up at that point when they resume play the next day or whenever it's rescheduled. Again, to renew to to um, reduce the amount of time you're hanging out in the ballpark.
1: And since you don't have double headers, that fits in really well if it's just a fraction of a game.
0: That's right. That's right. They are keeping that three batter rule where a pitcher coming in has to face at least three batters or yeah. finish a half inning. Okay. Now they say only one pitcher can warm up at a time in the bullpen. There's always two pitchers warming up. What the heck? I don't uh, know how they're going to do that, but that's what they want to do. So, okay. I don't know how it's going to work practically, but that's one of the new rules.
1: That's tough because sometimes you have a lefty and a righty warming up depending on who you need to bring in at the matchup, right?
0: Although when they have to face three batters, right, there's going to be less matchup Okay. And Managing for the matchups, which I kind of like, but I know I'm in the minority for that one. I can't defend that one as well as I can defend the DH. Damn it. Wow. All right. Let's talk protocols. We're going to go through this kind of quickly because there's a lot. I'm not going to talk about everything. So getting these guys to training camp, right? There's going to be a pre-screening level a couple of days before they go to camp and then intake testing before they show up um, at training Tier 1, which are the players, anybody in a uniform, players, coaches, those folks, and um, like the trainers and people who are actually physically, you know, touching players and working with them very closely. Those are all Tier 1 people. They'll be tested every other day with the kind of test. that will have a 24-hour turnaround, okay? Nobody's going to show up at the park if, they ha- if they're symptomatic at all. If you have any symptoms, you have to- players have to stay away until they-, they have a negative test and no symptoms and a doctor approves their return. I like that. That's not even after you've had a test. It's before you've had a test if you may be symptomatic. If you do test positive, obviously no travel. You can't be near the team. You have to return two negative tests 24 hours apart and have doctor's approval before you can come back. So that seems pretty good. If anybody tests positive, they'll do contact tracing. They'll disinfect the facility probably at a deeper level than the, the regular wipe downs they'll be doing all the time. Interestingly, they're not making players sign the Acknowledgement of Risk document that uh-huh. they had talked about a while ago. I think the players shot that dead. The players, I think, are going to be seriously litigious. You know, like they, 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 wanted, wow. they kept that ability, you know, to file grievances. And they've got this, we're not signing away anything for about our health. Yep, That's super good. Players will bring their own equipment to the on-deck circle. There won't be like, you know, the donut for the bat and the spray and all those things. Those won't be communal anymore. You've got to have your own. No ball kids, no ball boys and ball girls and whatnot Good. hanging out, um, but they will be going through, they'll be replacing balls frequently because of the touch, right? You touch the balls you know, a certain amount of time, it's got to leave the game. So other staff, I'm guessing adults, will be the ones who take the risk to do that, including batting practice balls are going to get s- washed and sterilized after batting practice and quarantine for five days before they go back in the rotation. Huh? Wow. There are going to be a lot of containers. <laughs> five, this is five days. This one's four days. This one's three days. But I'm, I'm good with that. So social distancing wherever possible, clearly not on the field. Um, we had said before that the extra players, the ones who aren't immediately in the game but may be called in the game, would be using like the first couple rows of the stands. And they made a point of saying, even though you're there, it's got to be like you're in the dugout. So you can't have your phone. You can't have electronics. And I think they made a point of that more for no like impossible sign stealing things happening here. Not just the point, just because you're yeah. there means you can be on Twitter. I mean, I think it's, they, I think that's a very strong point they made for like the managers and the players who like to lean on like the dugout fence and all that got to use a towel. I mean like anytime you could put a barrier down between you and whatever else there is, they're going to do that. Hmm. There will still be mound visits, but anybody who's a, who's not a player who goes to the mound, like if your manager comes out, if the pitching coach comes out, whoever it is, trainer comes out, umpire comes out, they all have to be wearing masks. Good. They're going to have to, you know, distance as much as they can. There's probably not going to be very much of that. Now, high-risk individuals, these are the players themselves with health conditions. They can have special accommodations, like maybe separate entrances, maybe private workspaces or locker areas or whatever to help keep them separated from the from Gen Pop if they want to. And as you've already heard, those players who choose that are high risk can sit out and not lose um, service time or their salary. Other players can also choose to sit out. And today is the first day we started hearing about those. We're recording on Monday and we heard about a pitcher from the Diamondbacks. We heard about um, Ryan Zimmerman and Joe Ross of the Nationals. Those two, for sure, have said it's not because we are high risk, but like in 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 Zim's family, he's got a newborn, he's got you know a mom that's got health issues, and that's what he publicly said. Joe Ross didn't put out huh. a statement as of this time, so they won't be paid this year, they won't get service time, but they are, they are allowed to sit out. So I have a feeling we're going to see more of that, and I really hope people respect that and don't give them crap for it. I think they're very brave and super smart in making this choice for their family. That
1: is essential. It doesn't, isn't Mike Trout's wife pregnant? Yep,
0: yeah, A couple other people too um, in in major league ball. Yeah. Um, I mean,
1: after this much time in quarantine, there's got to be a bunch of pregnant people I would imagine. Oh,
0: beer knows. Here it comes. Yeah. <laughs> I bet that. you're right. I bet you're right. <laughs> Maybe too soon to announce to the world, however. Yeah. So uh, there's all of these protocols like within the ballpark, but when they leave the park, everybody's on the honor system, right? There are no – they said, oh, well, they expect like, the players to police themselves and police each other and whatnot. But really?
1: Really? Yeah. 20-something-year-old guys who are not all on the same page, to say the least. That's – That part is scary. Like, I've been starting to feel a little bit better listening to you talk. Like, the amount of detail that's gone into this hundred and whatever pages is very impressive. And I'm glad that they've thought of things like towels and not spitting and all that shit. But if you're going to, you know, let these guys loose, and depending on what state they're in, if they're in fucking Texas or Arizona or, or Florida. Yeah. I mean, look at, for example, Austin Hedges, who posted a picture of himself on Instagram at a pool party and people reacted pretty fast.
0: Yeah, glad you're having a good time, Bud, but um stay away from the other ball players right now. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, so it seems like the the Padre's reaction was we talked to him, you know, the basically we're gonna deal with this. We had a stern talking to him, but <laughs> is he gonna be quarantined for two weeks? I mean no, what we're are you gonna do now We're gonna intimidate the virus so it stays right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: Wait, he was a former boyfriend of yours, too. He was. He? he was. And I, am you know, I might put the word X instead of former in front of that one, even though I don't say that, because that's not smart. I, you know, I like him smart.
1: Yeah. I mean, for anybody who might be listening for the first time, we usually talk about our boys, baseball boyfriends, which I'm going to go into a little bit more explanation in a minute. But these are guys who are cool beyond the field. We like them for something and they can't be assholes. So this is starting. And we've we've made exceptions or, you know, the, the not being an asshole means nothing super fucking stupid, like no homophobia, no abuse and stuff like that. Those guys are just off of our list. But what what do we do with covidiots? I mean, Yep. We, that has not been an issue yet. So I don't know what we're going to do with our baseball boyfriend ranks because we got many of these guys hanging out there. We sure do. So
0: along those lines, what is the threshold to shut down a park or a team? It doesn't say that in this 110 pages, like how many guys on the what? team had test positive at one time or, you know, how much activity at a ballpark will cause that to be shut down. And what if a team gets shut, shut down for a couple of weeks, right? So what does that mean for the schedule, for the standing? Does the other, do their opposing teams get forfeits? Like, do they like get wins because of a forfeit? What happens? So that- Well, and
1: the other team too, like flashback to how this all started with the NBA, right? With with the one guy who was yeah. positive and then the teams that they played and they, con- you know, traced it back to whoever they'd played in the past few days. How, how close do you do it? I don't
0: yep. Know. Yep. Yep. More about that in just a moment. Um, one more thing that I find fascinating, home announcers are not going to go on the road trips. They'll be calling their games from the TV screen, just like ESPN's doing with the KBO. <laughs> no! Great. No. Great. Oh, all right. Wow. couple couple more things just real quick. Um, some team members are not at all happy that teams are not making numbers public. Like we had 10 guys test positive. They're not saying that necessarily. And so I think it's not getting through to the teams as a whole if they don't know already how serious things are and they're looking for more transparency. That's different than invasion of privacy, which I'm going to talk about in just one second. Um, the Phillies, we talked about before, so they had a, a mini outbreak. Their outbreak was 11 people out of 48 tested tested positive. And they followed protocols at their ballpark. That infection came from outside. That was somebody who went out maybe just that one time and had dinner or drinks with somebody and came back and 11 out of 48 people tested positive, right? So the Rockies say, hey, we had three players test positive, including Charlie Blackman. Charlie Blackman did not say, hey, I tested positive. I want you to know about this as a teaching moment. He got outed, what about HIPAA? What about medical privacy? I'm not happy about that, right? So that's Rocky's, my ex
1: boyfriend too. I'm not happy about that. No, my no,
0: not at all. Um, and they closed, the, you know, they closed uh, course field for cleaning. You know, so they've they've got these protocols. If it happens here, here's what we do. To and you know, and they were they followed the protocols. They had like you know people working out individually or and staggering their appearances and all that, and still, so. The Rangers staff, these aren't the players, this is the front office staff, in their brand new field, Globe Life Field, were told that as of June 15th, they were required to to return to work in their offices. So they did. 100 people work there full time and approximately 200 people are in and out of there on a daily basis. A whole mess of them have already tested positive.
1: Oh, my God. This is since Texas. the
0: 15th. Today's the 29th. I read about this yesterday or the day before. So now, now they're putting protocols into place. Now they're requiring masks. Now they're Great requiring plan. distancing. They still haven't said, oh, we're going go to send you all back home again. I mean, the people who tested positive are back home. And, you know, people they knew had contact with them are back home. But they, this globe, globe Life Field is in a county that is setting records every day for the number of new positive cases right? And the governor of Texas still says he wants 50% capacity of fans at Globe Life Field for home games. What the actual
1: hell. It's crazy. It's just like, if you wish it away, you know, strong enough, they want it to just disappear. And that's what makes me feel so shitty about wanting or not wanting to watch MLB at this point. I don't, have confidence that this is going to work and is it worth it really i mean is it worth it to be risking this is just a huge fucking risk it is it is i am i am sad and nervous and
0: yet i still want to get around the blackout so i am a hypocrite is what i am
1: that's totally I feel like, like I've been grappling with that. So I'm, I'm pissed off. I'm terrified for these young people who are putting their lives at risk so that we have some entertainment to to divert our attention from this shitty situation that we're all living through. I mean, I think that's you know the the fan base is going nuts over this and very excited and all that because everybody needs something to make us feel better because what we're going through is so fucked up. But. <laughs> what are we doing to all these people, these athletes, when, you know, this virus has been around six months, we don't know long term effects, you know, people get sick and get better. But we uh, there's so many details that are coming out very recently, about, uh, you know, side effects, or, you know, more effects of the virus, we just don't know. And yeah, and and these
0: guys, I mean, They're not playing for the fans. They're playing because this is their livelihood, right? And they only have a couple of good years to play. But they are, in fact, risking their future livelihood by playing now. Maybe sitting out this year and coming back next year might be a good trade rather than playing, you know, a 60-game season this year and getting sick and never playing again.
1: And and the overall situation that our country is basically back up at the highest level that we've been at for this fucking – which is, you know, horrific – This is not the time, it doesn't seem like, to start something as big as baseball.
0: I am with you because we haven't earned baseball. Like, hey, Taiwan, how about that for a segue?
1: Yeah, exactly. I want to talk about international baseball. I am so jealous of Taiwan. They did it so right. They got the virus under control. They worked it in bit by bit. And Taiwanese baseball is super fun. If you're not watching Breakfast Baseball with us, please start watching Breakfast Baseball. So much fun. People have been wonderful about teaching us about Taiwanese baseball people interacting on Twitter are great and of course we have our teams right you're with the monkeys and I'm with the lions and they they've been moving this week like for the first time in a very long time I'm able to say that the whole thing is shaken up the brothers are in first place which uh, neither one of us are happy about no they're at 604 average the the monkeys are second with 545, and then the Lions have been moving up. They're at 440. They haven't broken 500 yet, but you know, whatever. And the Guardians um, are at the bottom. And there's a super interesting reason why the Guardians may be at the bottom. There's a little bit of gossip going on. Did you see this? The the players apparently, or at least a couple players, have been uh, un- dissatisfied with the manager as far as I can tell. And this comes from CPL Stats and Max Hung, who was, was one of the English language broadcasters and unfortunately has just moved over to be one of the Taiwanese Chinese language bo- broadcasters. But he's been fantastic. And what they said is, is especially one of these players, Hu Lung, was demoted because he was literally texting to other teams, encouraging them to beat the Guardians. So sort of like undermining his own team because they don't like the manager. And it seems like there's some sort of split in the players there. Like some of them have gone along with this and others not, but he's taken the fall. Apparently they found the evidence on his cell phone. And his excuse was that his brother took his cell phone and did the text. Sure he did. Because right, brothers right. are like that. Yeah. Evil twin brother. All you right. know. Why not? But it, he got demoted. I don't know. The Guardians seem to be kind of in the basement these days. We'll see what happens with that. The Lions... We're doing really shitty for a while, but this was the best weekend for me to be paying good attention to the Lions games. First of all, our friend Daniel She, who we had on the show and we we're on his show, he turned, wait for it, 21 on Saturday. I did not realize that he was a mere child when we talked to him, a non-drinking beer person, but now he is. Well, no, and- he's not drinking
0: beer yet. He's drinking things that are similar to beer. We can help him with yeah. that.
1: Yeah, although he is, he recommended some Taiwanese beer that he offered to to give to us when we go visit someday. That's All another right. like future goal is to get out All to right. Taiwan somehow. He is he is with you on the monkeys and the lions were playing the monkeys over the weekend, but the lions gave him a twenty one run salute for his birthday. Yes, <laughs> the lions scored twenty one runs. On I love twenty first baseball. birthday <laughs> against him. It was a great game. I had a blast with that game, and actually, in that game, the Lions hit their um, franchise record. They tied it with uh, 26 hits. Some less. That wasn't happy the record.
0: Th- wait, wait. 26 hits was not the record. It, wait, yeah, <laughs> it is
1: the record. They was, tied that record. They totally tied it with 26 hits. Yep. Yay. I have some less happy news about my Lions. I was really, really enjoying that they had a knuckleballer. I mean, knuckleballers are not easy to come by, but Firebend uh, had been doing, he was actually you know, the, the most successful pitcher for a while, and he's coming home. He's totally done at this point. And there's a little bit of a not being clear about the real reason behind it. So the the official thing is homesick, been away for a long time, coming back. But apparently the Lions are known for having these real short-term deals, especially with their foreign players. Like a partial so, season? Yeah. Wow. Like a three-month thing. Wow. So apparently his short contract might have run out. He might have wanted more money. They might not want, have wanted to pay him. Who knows? That's another scoop from CPBL stats, I believe. But he, you know, to give him some credit, over the weekend said that he was there for relief because he wasn't in the in the lineup for those last two games that he was around for, and he pitched a one-two-three inning in the in the eighth, and that twenty-one. 21- to five blowout, <laughs> so <laughs> nice, yay, yay! But what what I found out from that though is that the Lions—he was the only lefty in their bullpen. They have no other lefties, which explains a lot. They are down to two foreigners, and if you remember that CPBL teams are allowed to have four foreigners at a time. Um, one other pitcher got sent down because he was not doing well, and now losing fireband, so they might be picking somebody else up. Luckily with these two blowout wins, this 21 to five win. And then the next day there was another big one that I think I forgot to write the numbers for, for was, um, Reneke, who is who is the guy who was the reason why I started following the lions. He was pitching for the 21 run game, I think. And then Logan Darnell, who I found out used to be on the Rochester Red Wings, which you love the Red Wings from. Don't you love the lions now?
0: They've got a Red Wings guy. I've never disliked the Lions. <laughs> I was never anti-Lion. Mm-hmm. I'm just pro-Monkey. That's different. It's yeah, not exclusive. I feel the
1: same. I feel exactly the same. I really enjoy the Monkeys. I like, I think as far as home field vibe, that the Monkeys and the Lions are really the best stadiums as far as their cheerleaders go. And I mean, the, the Monkeys cheer dude, the, the lead guy, he's got a plane. He hangs out in this little airplane. I've seen that. Yeah, it's weird and great. Wild and wonderful. Totally good. The, The good news is that this baseball boyfriend thing is starting to spread. Our friends uh, who who have made on Twitter through Taiwanese baseball are encouraging the baseball boyfriend thing. And I think I said last week that the Unilions fan account has been tagging us on baseball boyfriends. But it even went on air this past weekend <laughs> where the announcers, and I know it was Richard Wang. I think it was Richard and Adam um, announced that the Lions outfield was a bunch of baseball boyfriends. I think they were alluding to their attractiveness. The thirst factor. So uh-huh. I'm trying. I'm trying really hard to educate folks that the baseball boyfriend thing is not just a thirst thing. They have to be. Well, I mean, that can count. That is definitely an it's option. It's not.
0: Does not count against anyone for sure. That's for sure.
1: But but <laughs> yeah. they have to be. They can't be an asshole for sure. Right. right. So so I'm trying to encourage them to continue reporting on the baseball boyfriends in that context to make sure that we're finding out about the good people that they are outside of the field. So that's my own personal push. And my guy that I've chosen for the Lions, Lin Anko, ak forty seventy seven. that's his number, um, is doing really well. He's in the uh, conversation for potential rookie of the year or MVP or maybe both. And on Saturday in that 21-run blowout, he hit two of the home runs with seven RBI, but you Jeez. know what I have to say is let him pitch. There was a great article about him in the Taiwan Times, and he wants to pitch. He's a two-way player. That's why that was one of the main reasons. That's why right. I, I remember him. that now. Yep. And he didn't do well preseason, but that's his goal. So I want to see him pitch. Speaking of pitchers, and one good thing to say about the Guardians, Mike Lory, who I probably pronounced that wrong, even though he's a U.S. import, just got his thousandth strikeout and he is the longest uh reigning I don't know the longest duration foreign pitcher at this point in the CPBL. He's been in Taiwan since 2012. He pitched for a couple years with the predecessor to the the Rakuten monkeys, which was the Lemigo monkeys. And he actually pitched to Manny Ramirez who is playing for the rhinos, which I believe was the predecessor to the guardians. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. But he's been with uh, the guardians since 2014 and congratulations. Hats off to Mike Laurie over to Korea. Uh, where I have really not been paying as much attention because I'm really enjoying our, our friends on the CPBL action on Twitter. But uh, the Dinos are still in first place, which is the team that I picked. The Heroes, which is the team that a fucking Russell is going to, is he's still in quarantine, but they are breathing down the Dinos' necks at this point. So, like, if they. You know, go up because of Addison fucking Russell. I'm going to be so upset. I'm hoping that he tanks them. They're right behind in second place. Your Wyverns are still second to last with 298, which is rough, especially with this next piece of information. But the Eagles are the ones in the absolute last place. About your Wyverns, their manager passed out. And apparently it was caught on camera. And broadcasted just a little bit too much, you know, a little bit too much invasion of privacy. And Uh the sad part about this is because he's so stressed out as a manager. The the quote that I saw that made me go, oh, was that he's known as a sensitive soul who internalizes stress. He's fucking 52 years old. Right. And the team was championship level last year. It was expected to make the playoffs this year. They're in second to last place. And the poor dude is stressing out. So, like, you know, as we swear at teams and get pissed off, it's, you got to remember there are th- these human beings behind this.
0: Oh, that's just heartbreaking. That's just it heartbreaking. Me I mean, sad. he's like taking it all on himself and it's hurting his health.
1: Yeah. It makes me very sad. So he passed out, went to the hospital, um, had tests. I th- I believe that there hasn't been anything serious that's come out. They said that it was due to lack of sleep, insufficient diet, and severe stress. He's actually known as a really kind of too thin guy who doesn't remember to eat enough and is a heavy smoker. All those things not so good.
0: I have nothing in common with him except for the internalizing stress thing. But then I blow up. So I don't know if I internalize. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing in common with him. That's probably a good thing at this point. I guess point.
1: so. I guess but so. I, I hope things get better for him. On the on the bright side for KBO, fans might be back July 3rd. This is another example of a society that gets the virus under control first. And they, they had thought they were going to bring fans back earlier. But then – Things, the, the cases went back up, and they put a stop to it. And now they're looking at it again. They're thinking about um, starting with thirty percent. This is what's interesting, though. They're they're gonna they're not going to have any cheering, which is something that the CPABL never stops because of all that like the spewing. Like, yeah. <laughs> So no cheering allowed in the stands. And you have to have masks. They're not going to have the food. They're going to have you pay for your tickets by credit card so that they can trace you if there's any problem. And they're actually waiting for the Korean CDC guideline before making any final announcements. So that might have happened before this show drops. But, you know, hats off to Korea. That seems so reasonable and thoughtful and rooted in science. One more country that's doing that, which is Japan, which is still playing to no fans, um, still has things under control way better than us, and has more players that I that are meaningful to us than I actually realized. I mean, I knew about Gerardo Parra which I, you know, I was sad to lose him to Japan, but man, he's playing and he brought the baby shark with him and the baby shark thing is totally taking off. And he's even got the, like the, the finger pinch thing for a single and the big baby, the big shark thing for a home run. He's had three home runs already.
0: Oh God, Blossom. I do miss that man.
1: Yeah. So his team, the Yamiuri Giants, is in first place for the Central oh, League. There's, there's two leagues in Japan. The other league is the Pacific League, which has my ex-boyfriend from the Orioles, Adam Jones, who, you know, people were heartbroken and shocked that he went to Japan. But he got a good two-year deal for a bunch of money, which is better than he was going to get over here. He's uh, His team not doing so well. He's doing the Orioles. Oryx Buffaloes, they are in last place, but he has two home runs. Um, so power to Adam Jones. I'm going to keep watching. I'm hoping good things. And I didn't realize I had another ex-boyfriend who's in Japan, and that's Leonis Martin, who is my boyfriend from the Cleveland team and who won my heart over through his miraculous recovery from this horrible bacterial infection. He's with the Chiba Latte Marines. So I'm wishing well for him. And the last name that I had no idea was still playing was K Matsusaka from the Red Sox, who was both, you know, a, a wonderful moment and probably one of the most disappointing moments from the Red Sox. But he's pitching for the Seibu Lions. So the, Japan is harder to watch because we don't have the ESPN angle or the free Twitter angle. You got to do a little bit of finessing around But I got to check it out a little bit more, I think.
0: Yeah, and that's a shame, too, because it seems like it's more accessible because of names that are familiar to the American fan base. So they could easily draw in a lot of people if they wanted to. But they don't really need us because they have their own fan base, and it's huge.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. And the the whole U.S. arrogance of everything, you know, I kind of meant to say – fuck Deadspin spin because that's where I got that, that data from for the, the J- Japanese league, but they let it off. And I couldn't even fucking believe this. They let it off first, dissing the CPBL saying that they were like a, a small order of fries compared to everything else that the, the quality was so low, which I, you know, there are some really interesting defensive plays, <laughs> but it's fun. It's definitely worth watching. You know, it's, it might not be MLB finesse, but it's so much fun. So I've still been boycotting Deadspin
0: since they cleaned house a few months ago and let go all of their sports writers because they weren't sticking to sports. So I uh, haven't even looked. I You know, I, I get emails that I haven't even opened because I got to believe that they are still the evil empire.
1: This is definitely evidence for that because the other thing that they said, the reason why they liked the KBO was because of the great ESPN announcers, the a, A-list ESPN. And I was like, what the fuck? They're are fakers. They're posers.
0: They're posers. And I will say, I don't know anything about who's writing for them right now. So I'm basing this on nothing, but I'm still ticked at them for for losing their excellent writers who were doing excellent work.
1: Hey, let's cross train. Sure. You know, softball is a different sport from baseball.
0: I have heard that and I believe in that.
1: Yeah. And softball is a great sport. It's just not baseball. So we're going to treat it as something different. And I have huge admiration for the women who are on the Scrapyard Dogs team. This was an independent softball team. Professional league. mm -hmm, Based in Conroe, Texas. And they were starting off a seven-grain series against the USSSA Pride in Vieira, Florida, which was the site of the Women's World Baseball Classic. So it's kind of like an armpit in Florida from what I understand. But what happened was their GM, Connie May, tweeted a photo of the players standing for the pledge and tagged, for the anthem for the anthem that, that, that's it yeah oh, sorry i'm the, it's like that school teacher in me with the pledge yeah the anthem that thing that they do at baseball tag donald trump on it and this was from the team account it wasn't even her personal account right. she tweeted from the team account a, a picture of everybody standing and said look everyone respecting the flag and the team as a whole freaked out about this very understandably you know, players spoke out the common tweet from all the players was this isn't us. There are two African-American players on the team, I believe, but everybody was very in, in unison with their immediate reaction. The problem was they they did have a meeting. Well, one of the many problems. They did have a postgame meeting and May added the sentiment that yes, she cared, all lives matter. And oh you know that that is oh not the God. right thing to say these days because we know that. We've known that for a long time. But the problem is Black Lives Matter has not been apparent. So we need that's what we need to say because that's what's been ignored. The players walked out. Kiki Stokes, I think, started it and everybody else followed, and they cleared everything out by midnight. They all quit the team. All 18 wow. players quit the team together, unified, which is super impressive. They had a, a pick, a, their pitcher, Kat Osterman, who's white. She said, We were used as pawns in a, a political post, and that's not okay. So they walk out. In the beginning of a tournament, what are they going to do? They all love softball. There's 11 players on that team who are Olympic bound for Japan. And they decide to form their own team. And because they had been tweeting that this isn't us in reaction to what the GM had posted, they started the this is us team. And the this is us team actually formed. They, They have shirts and they have a great website, which we will definitely link to because they're very cohesive. They're very elo- eloquent and they have their statement. They say, we're here to raise awareness. We're here to empower. We're here to unite and awareness, empowerment, and unity are sort of like their three tenants, which, you know, you can't go wrong there. The only problem I see with this is so they, they Came back as This Is Us. They continued this tournament. They are playing in Florida, which makes me nervous. Sure. So on Saturday, they played a second game. Today is Monday. I'm not quite sure what's happening next. What's super interesting is during the anthem, they didn't all kneel. There was a mix. The I, the idea is that you do what, what speaks to you, but they were unified for this. That
0: is so impressive. I am so happy to hear that. Hooray for
1: professional softball. Hooray for a team functioning as a team and doing what's right. That is very cool. You know, the big questions are, where's the money coming from? Who's managing? What's going on? You know, this is all player driven at this point. So go to their website and donate if you can. They're accepting donations.
0: Professional sports returned to the United States this past weekend with women's professional soccer. They started a tournament that's going to go over the course of the next month. A few players have opted out because of concerns about the coronavirus, including uh, Megan Rapino and Tobin Heath and some others have chosen not to play. And wow. that we're we behind that, just like the guys who are opting out of the short season of MLB. We're fine with that. That's, that's great. The Orlando Pride as a team had to withdraw because six players – tested positive. Yep, that's Orlando, Florida, in case you want to keep track
1: of that. Orlando. Isn't that the, that song in, in Book of Mormon? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> I should not break I into song. I love it
0: when you do. Show me how much beer is left in your <laughs> glass again. No beer. Zero. Zero you beer. Dinner? No.
1: Not yet. Okay. Not yet. And I had a beer you at You sure your place, did. So this is okay, good.
0: so I started looking for the news because the first games were going it were on Saturday and I was on the ESPN side and the Sports Illustrated side and Yahoo Sports and I have no idea who won what games. There was one story about women's soccer that was on all of these sites. Do you want to talk about this? It was pretty cool.
1: All I know is they played in Utah, which my gut feels like should be a safe kind of location, right? Uh, and the the North Carolina Courage played the Portland Thorns, I didn't even know that. That's a great name for a team. And the Chicago Red Stars played against our Washington Spirit. But no, I did not get the data on who actually won. I do know that a lot of them took a knee at the anthem and that was just fine. And that when they took their positions on the field before playing, that they all took a knee. So I appreciate the activism in women's soccer. Yeah, the first game was the Courage and Thorns, and
0: everyone knelt. And at the time, for warm-ups and for the anthem, they were all wearing black shirts with Black Lives Matter on them. And then for the game, they went to their uniforms, but they had Black Lives Matter armbands on. So very impressive. Thank you, women's soccer. Sports
1: are back. Sort of. Yay. (laughs) Good luck. Sort of. Yeah, I don't know yet. I, know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I am want to hang out with the Taiwan friends. They're they don't so want to nice. hang out with
0: us, though, because we come from this country where we shouldn't be allowed to travel. I don't think we are, in fact, to the EU because we're dangerous humans right now.
1: Right, right. We're banned from the EU. No, no, I mean yeah. virtually hang I mean, I would ideally love to go to Taiwan. It seems like a really fun thing. But virtually, and I'm learning, I'm going to learn the dance moves this week because the lions are going back home, which means I get to watch our cheerleaders. And there's one particular song that I want to nail. I'm gonna, and then I'm will there be it. video evidence of you nailing this song? There's so th- give me a few more beers, and they're
0: there very well might be. So, Potty Mouth will be practicing dance moves this week. I will be keeping <laughs> track yes, of I what will. players are opting out of playing Major League Baseball over the course of this week and defending their honor. I hope you. Um, tell your friends about this podcast. If you think they'd like to hear us talk about baseball, please go back and listen to some past episodes, leave us a rating or a review wherever you listen to your podcast and please hang out with us on social media.
1: Yeah. Talk to us on Twitter at NCIB Podcast. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at No Crying and B-Ball. If you want to write us a long love letter email, you can do that at NCIB Podcast at gmail.com. We promise to answer you. (laughs) Until next week, please wear your mask. Stay
0: inside if you can. Fight the man. And say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Goodnight, Potty Mouth.